We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, it is the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Find whatever you're looking for at Northtown. Shop online at northtownauto.com. Sal Cabaccio, Zach Jones in our Amherst studio. Live here from the convention center floor in Indianapolis. It is the Indiana Convention Center. So just to kind of lay this out, everybody, how how it fits, I think there's a misconception that everything is at Lucas Oil Stadium when it comes to the combine. So you hear me a lot of times say, live from the convention center, that's because that's where we are for all the media and the prospects and the talking and all those things. The testing happens at Lucas Oil Stadium, the 40-yard dash and those things that you see and catching balls and throwing balls. That's all at Lucas Oil Stadium, which... Is actually not necessarily. Atta- I think there there might be an actual attachment to it, like a walkway. I'm not positive on that. I don't want to misspeak. But Zach, it's very. It's like right across the street, literally within less than a football field. You can walk from the edge of the convention center to the edge of Lucas Oil Stadium. I think there's a corridor that might attach to it. Actually, I would be surprised if there wasn't because they've had the combine there for seemingly my entire life. And like every time I watch it on TV, you can always kind of see that big hallway where like the coaches and GMs are walking. So I'd imagine there would be, but yeah, I mean, I saw your video with the convention center too. It looks exactly how I picture yep. it in my head. It looks exactly how I would picture it. <laughs> just everyone's got a little booth and it's a everywhere. Huge convention center. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, and like this is just one big room. Like I just walked out a little while ago. I had a couple of things to do and people to talk to, and I walk out into the main corridor, and there's like three, four main corridors actually, and there's rooms and there's conventions going on for different kinds of things, not just the NFL Combine, and you see tons of different ballrooms. This is just one ballroom in this convention center. It's a huge convention center. Indiana is a big convention city, and there's a good reason for that, and that's because it's centrally located, right? It's in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get to from a lot of the major cities, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Buffalo, New York, whatever. Even if you're coming from L.A., okay, yes, but from L.A., it's better to go here than New York, right? Yep. It's a centrally located you know, venue, and that's why I never – liked the idea that's been floated around the last couple of years that they'll move the combine to L.A. or move it around the country. No, keep it here. This is a great location. They do it right. It's a great city. It's a good nighttime city. There's plenty of restaurants. There's lots of hotel rooms. And we're all kind of used to it. And I know you shouldn't just do something because that's the way you've always done it. But in this case, don't move the combine NFL. And I know that they've re-signed, I think, through 25 or 26. Like, it's staying here for a little while. Eventually, they may say, no, we need glitz and glamour of L.A. and make this more, even more of a TV show. I think that would be a mistake based on all the really great stuff you can do here based on how many people can get here easily and do their jobs. I, I would agree. I would agree. It's, it, and it's also it's just it's become a staple. Everyone knows where they're going when they get there. They've been doing it for, I think, over two decades now as well. And yeah, like it, it, you, you said it perfectly, too. It's in the middle. It's easily accessible for everyone. Like you said, even if you're coming out from L.A., it's closer than New York. I will tell you, though, Sal, I think the other reason why they shouldn't do it, you've already made the draft into a huge TV show where it goes to different cities. I was somebody, I didn't like that they, that they moved the draft out of Radio City Music Hall in New York City. I loved that. That was my childhood. 
But now that you've done that, you're, you've moved mm-hmm. into different cities, you've really made that like a whole week. It's right. up there with the Super Bowl in terms of just media just descending on one city. Don't do that with the Combine, too. It, 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 we got two months now to the draft. Hold your horses. Let's keep it in Indianapolis. Then we'll do the glitz and glamour with the actual draft. I, I, don't, I don't think it's needed to do it for both. Hey, speaking of that, fill me in here because I've been here in India and concentrating on football stuff. Mm-hmm. What do have we ever figured out what the tent pole event was? As Wade would describe that the Sabers Arena and Buffalo could host or hold or something like that in the NHL. Like, wasn't there talk of that a few days ago when mm-hmm. all the news came out about the renovations? Yeah, I, and I get, there's nothing that's come out. I think the the leading, I guess, theory is that it's going to be the theory? Four Nations uh, Face Off tournament in 2025. That that's mm. what the event's going to be because there's no All Star game really? next year or anything okay. like that. So that would have to be what it is. I think that's really cool. I'm all for that. Yeah, that would be very cool actually. And like they're starting that. Net, wait, so it's twenty five. So it'd be, it would be next year. Like they'd right away do do something like that. You think like that would be um, something right away that they would do? Because would they not want to wait until the renovations are complete, or are the reservation renovations? I think be the renovations will be complete because I think that was what their the tweet okay. was was that they wanted it done for the twenty twenty four twenty five season. Okay. I wonder oh, how wow. fast that okay. would that would take. The new though. roof we're talking about mostly. Yeah, that, that well that was about is it the new yeah. roof and the scoreboard right? Yes. Yes. What do you think about the new scoreboard? Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness, I'm I'm all for it. You're bringing a bigger new scoreboard, I mean I'm I'm ready just for renovation. You like it, like the Phoenix way it Center. looks, and yeah, I'm I, all for it. Yeah, yeah. Does Toronto have the same similar scoreboard with that like the the stuff underneath? Somebody gave showed me. I thought I saw a tweet or a picture of Toronto's scoreboard looking kind of similar or something like that. I don't know if it was just a markup or if it actually is with you know the the you have the big scoreboard and the four sides and then mm-hmm. underneath it you have extra televisions if you want to call it that yes yes and yeah I'm, I'm all for that i think for me too is you want to just be able to see it from every angle when you're in the arena and so i, I think that would right. work i think that would really work the biggest scoreboard i've seen in nhl arena is tampa Ooh. it was a year ago the sabers ironically sabers are in tampa tonight uh, but i was in tampa last year during winter break we went down there and we went to the game sabers lightning and my God, Zach, that scoreboard is like, it's like Dallas's scoreboard in football. Mm-hmm. It just extends over the whole ice, essentially. Oh, I, it, now that's the thing, though, too. It, like, have we gone too far? Like, that's when you have to ask right. the question of, like, have, have, we, have, we, have we flown too close to the sun? Pull it back. Let's not do that. I, I will say one team who has done that, it's a college team, uh, Texas Longhorns, who I'm a fan of, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, used to have a scoreboard that I think it was the south end of the stadium it took up a, a good quarter of the stadium, pushed back against the fans. They ended up downsizing. It was it was huge. I think they called it, it was something like Godzilla. But it was that was where they're like, okay, let's let's pull it back. We actually want to have more seats here, not less, because of this massive scoreboard in the south end of the stadium. No doubt. Uh, just gonna check on here what's going on. I got Josh Reed walking over here. I'm live right now. You want to go on for a minute here? You got a second? Josh Reed, there we go. Channel 4 uh, CBS Sports Director in Buffalo WIVB TV. Uh, you love this time to kind of get some of the backstories. Now you guys do the, the top 30 prospect files on Channel 4. People can find that. It's always good stuff. What have you been finding out about guys you're interested in uh, that maybe might have surprised you or is pretty cool? Well, one of the things today that we've kind of learned is the, you know, the safety spoke today. And we know the, the Bills obviously have kind of put that need off for a little bit now. 
Um, talked to four different safeties, four of the higher-end safeties in this draft class, and um, asked them all if they had met with the Bills. And all four of them, to a man, said yes, and they met formally with the Bills. As you know, you can meet with a team informally or formally. I believe it's 45 formal meetings that teams get here at the NFL Combine. I always so, wondered if formal meetings, but you have to wear a tuxedo. I don't well, think so. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you, now, you can wear a tuxedo T-shirt and get away with it. But, yes, no, they, so, the, yeah, they've spent at least a minimum of four formal meetings on some safeties, and I'm sure it's more than that. But, you know, that's a position of, of need for the Bills heading into the draft. So that it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. No doubt. So one thing that kind of has grown for me from here, and I get the sense, listening to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they feel better about their cap situation internally than what we've made it out to be externally about the team. Well, and I think that lends itself to the idea – of the argument that the cap number's not really real. Right. I mean, I think some people believe that it's just a made-up number. I think there's somewhere in between. Um, yeah, it is pretty interesting. I thought uh, Brandon's answer the other day when we talked to him about how he couldn't help but smile when he heard the final number and how much it jumped. Um, yeah, it definitely helped them out in the cap situation that they're in, but it still comes down to what we're doing here right now and this NFL draft. This upcoming draft, they have a ton of draft capital. they got to get younger. The roster has got to get younger. They're running – they've got some veterans that are – running on fumes might be a little harsh, but they've got some guys in the tread on the tires starting to wear off quickly. So they need to – and. They need to get some influx of youth that can actually play and get on the field immediately. Um, and, they, and they have the draft capital to do it. All right, and then finally, we come into this thinking wide receiver. They're going to be showing up here in the next couple of days. They're going to be testing how dialed in on you are in that group specifically. I love the wide receiver group. and so, I mean, that's no shock because everybody you ask about the wide receiver group around here, they absolutely rave about it as being one of the best draft classes, you know, that we've seen in a while. And that's not just, you know, there's the big three that everybody talks about. But then after that, you've got guys, you know, the guy from the kid from Oregon is a guy that everybody talks about. Franklin and you got Thomas down at LSU, two guys who a lot of the draft analysts believe will be sitting around there. Keon Coleman's another one. They'll be sitting around there at 28, roughly, you know, when the bills come up on the on the clock. But then. You, you hear some of the national guys, and they say, look, the Bills may be smart to wait until the second or third round because the depth of this draft class. Now, I know for sure that our friend Jeremy White hates yeah. to hear that. Well, what he would like to is the first round, the second round, and the third round. I'm pretty sure the Bills aren't going to go that route. But um, there's plenty to like about this draft class, and we're going to hear from them tomorrow. I'm really interested to hear what they have to say. One of the things that has really stuck out to me about this year's combine, okay, yesterday was the first day that we heard from the prospects, and it was the defensive linemen, right? So we had the defensive tackles and edge rushers. Today, we started out with the safeties. Yesterday, I don't know that I saw one gold chain or one kind of bling instrument around anybody's necks. Today, the safeties got up there, and they were all iced out. They had their numbers around their neck. They were, uh, it's, it just shows you the personalities sometimes of the guys up front. And the guys who are playing in the back end at safety. Now, brands, NIL, right? I mean, this is a, the, the, the personalities. It used to be putting all these guys in a box, and you don't want to see any of that. Now it's like, we want you to show us our personality. We want to know what kind of person we're getting. We love that stuff. A hundred percent. I listen to 
Um, a tight end group, obviously not a group that the Bills are probably interested in in this draft, but I was standing around listening to one of the tight ends talk, and to be honest with you, I didn't even look at his name. He was talking with a couple of reporters about the NBA and Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. And, of course, he's much younger. I don't know that he ever saw LeBron play, or Michael play. in per- Definitely didn't see him in person, right? But he, he was having a, a debate with one of the reporters about LeBron versus Michael, and it was just, it was good fun. And that's to your point, you want to see some personality in what these guys bring. All right, so are you guys going to do the top 30, right? You're going to have that yeah. coming up on WIVB starting next week? Yeah, we'll do the 30 prospects in 30 days. It starts in two weeks from yeah. now. We'll run down 30 players that we think would be a good fit for the Bills. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of wide receivers, safety, defensive linemen. I think everybody kind of agrees that those are the three spots that they really, really a little more pressing needs for the Bills. But, yeah, that starts in two weeks, 30 prospects in 30 days, and it'll run every day at 6 o'clock. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for grabbing me. I love it. I love it. get my coffee now. You got it. Uh, this is Josh Reed, WIVB-TV, Channel 4 Sports Director. Of course, Buffalo Kickoff Live. I'm a part of that show uh, Sunday mornings and other times uh, on Channel 4 back in Buffalo. It's a great point Josh just brought up, and we were just discussing – you know, we have talked, and I've asked so many people, Zach, as I walk around, what's the difference in the combine? You know, how it's changed over the years. That part has changed, too, which is I remember early combines. It's like you want to see these guys get up there and be buttoned up and don't say anything. You know, don't say anything that's going to cause headlines. And, you know, people try to stir it up and do that. But you know what I love now? Seeing these guys and their personalities. You want that. You, hey, what are you all about, man? Like, t- t- NIL, brands, like you're endorsing stuff mm-hmm, now in college. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's great. I think that is awesome. And I think the Bills are one of the teams that really do embrace that. And what the Bills mantra is, they say, we want you to be yourself in our building. And we hear that from players. Sean McDermott and the Bills organization scored very well in that recent NFLPA survey. And one of the reasons why is I think players feel like they can be themselves in that building. And that starts here. Oh, absolutely, and and I, I we we hit a period in in NFL like drafting and scouting where it just became like I want you to be as fake as humanly possible. I want you to give like the most PR coached answers possible. And I, I Sal, I could not be happier as someone that watches college football pretty regularly to actually see all these guys' personalities from college right. stick into yep. the NFL. Where there used to be a period of like that three four months where you're like you're not even the same person I watched two months ago. Like what happened? And and you know what it is. They they don't want to have the one wrong answer, and all of a sudden they're off this team's draft board. You know that was always the rumor. I don't know how true that is, but. I would imagine, like for years, like this was one of the most stressful periods for these guys because it's just you practice these answers for so long, and you got to make sure you answer it perfect. Now you are seeing guys like have some personality. I know uh, yesterday, and I, the only reason he's on my mind now is because he just weighed in at 366 pounds. It's Tervandre Sweat <laughs> from Texas. By the way, the yeah. second heaviest uh, interior lineman. Weigh-ins are going on too, right? Yeah. And he, right. he was talking, and people asked him about the 40 time, and he was joking around with the media, and he was like, yeah, like, wait till you guys see my 40 time. And he did, like, the wide-eyed look. He goes, like, there's going to be a lot of people that are surprised. And I'm like, good. Like, you know, we, we always think about, like, on the field and what those players are going to be. But you also want to know, like, what kind of, like, player they're going to be for your team what kind of personality you're going to have we all fall in love with that once they're already here but i i like seeing who these athletes are before they wind up with their teams before they become those superstars that are in commercials and all that stuff and nil as you were saying gives you an easier opportunity to do that or an earlier opportunity to do that earlier today i caught up with paul dotino 
He does Giants Radio, different platforms, WFAN in New York, Giants website. Really great conversation. I want people to not only listen to what he had to say about the Giants, about the Combine, but I asked him even about the Giants maybe plucking some Bills free agents, including if Gabe Davis is someone they would be interested in. Paul Dettino from the NFL Combine. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul Dettino joins me here on the floor of the Indiana Convention Center. Giants broadcaster, fill-in, play-by-play a couple years ago for a Bills-Jets game. We had a chance to work with each other and struck up a friendship ever since. How you doing, my man? Very good, Sal. You know, this is uh, quite an exciting time for all of us. I remember years ago, we used to talk about the offseason being a big black hole on the NFL schedule. Now it seems like the NFL is an 11-month news cycle. It really does. It's amazing. How many combines is this for you? Uh, believe it or not, it's only seven. Okay. Uh, I didn't start coming out here to do this uh, until recently, but uh, you know, going into my 42nd year covering the Giants, that's a long time. Well, you've seen a lot of ups and downs, and there was a lot of optimism last year on the heels of making the playoffs with Joe Shane and Brian Dable, who obviously we're very familiar with in Buffalo, but then maybe a bit of a step, step back. What happened last year? What went wrong with the Giants? Well, a, a few things. Primarily was injury, but you don't want to use that as an excuse. A lot of times it's really a reason, though, and clearly their offensive line just crumbled from from just every aspect that you could imagine. On top of that, they had a very vicious beginning of the schedule. That, unfortunately, coincided with the most important injuries that they had. And when you put those two things together, it starts becoming a perfect storm. And then when Daniel Jones went down after he came back and tried to play against the Raiders and then hurt his knee... That really spelled doom for them because I really think the Giants thought they might have had a second-half run that could have put them in the wild-card chase had Jones been able to be healthy for the second half of the season. But once he went down, you knew the air was out of the balloon. I'm glad you brought up Daniel Jones because there's a lot of polarization on him, just like you would imagine with some of the other quarterbacks who've kind of had their ups and downs and the injuries. What is the status of him going forward? Is the team completely committed to Daniel Jones going forward? Joe Shane, the general manager, says that they are. Uh, He anticipates him being ready for the start of training camp. Uh, at this point, uh, he's not doing any contact. He's he's standing and he's throwing, but he's not doing anything overly exerting off of uh, off of his knee surgery. I will say this: the one thing uh, about Jones that I think is very very important for people to understand, he's got an incredible work ethic, and I think anybody who's coming off of a serious injury always has a better chance to succeed if they've got that work ethic, that intensity, and that desire to compete. Guys who don't rehab well usually don't come back very well. And that's the behind-the-scenes stuff that a lot of people don't understand when they see like Adrian Peterson had that miraculous comeback when he ripped up his knee. It's all because of what he did during the rehab that made that happen. It's not just he took a magic pill. It doesn't work that way. And Daniel Jones is at the Giants facility nonstop doing everything possible, and he's really ahead of schedule. I'm so glad you said that. We just heard the same kind of thing from um, Brandon Bean about Tredavious White and his rehab. Mm -hmm. He's coming off the knee, then he's coming off the Achilles, and there's Bills fans who think, well, just move on. 
And I'm thinking this guy, though, is going to do everything he can to get back. That's a great point about these types of people who are in there every day and working hard. They have a better chance to succeed and come back. Well, sure, because when, when we hear the medical folks say that typically this injury is going to be X number of months before the guy can make it back. Well, that's maybe the average or maybe that's the normal guy. Well, there's the guy who jakes it a bit, and it may take him longer, and maybe he doesn't come back right. And then there's the other set of guys, you're just talking about White, I'm talking about Daniel Jones, who break their butts every single day with a passion and a fire to say, hey, that's not good enough for me. I'm coming back early, and I'm going to come back as good as ever, if not better. And that's what we're talking about. All right, let's go to the guy behind him. That's Saquon Barkley. I, I actually thought last year the Giants would be willing to kind of move on, but they obviously worked it out. And that's because Joe Shane comes from the Brandon Bean tree, which is you don't spend super amount of resources into the running back position. But they did pay him, and now he's going to be a free agent again. What do you see about that situation? Well, I think he's going to be back with the Giants. I still think on a scale of 1 to 10, it'll be an 8. I, I think the only way that Barkley isn't back with the Giants is if he's not living up to what he has professed to us, and that is he wants to be here. Well, you know what? If a guy really wants to be here that much and understands the tradition like he says he does, has his heart and soul here, uh, wants to be known as a Giants legend and a Giants great and somebody who helps this team win things, well, if that's all true, then the hometown discount kind of comes into play. And he's going to understand what running backs are getting and what it is that he can expect because Joe Shane, and he knows this from Brandon Bean, you be fair with a player and you don't over-lavish him. And I think that's what Joe's going to do. He's going to say, look, here's the deal. We want you. He's already said that publicly. Barkley says he wants to stay. I think they'll find a way to make it work. But I also believe that if Barkley doesn't hold true to his strong desire to stay and decides the money's more important than his true feelings, well, you know what what that does, because money talks louder than anything else in this world. That That's the only way that I see him potentially going somewhere else. I just don't think it's going to happen, because I think Barkley really wants to be a giant. He also, and, and you guys know this, you've seen him still doing a lot of marketing stuff. He's still a sponsor uh, uh, attraction. He still does a lot of endorsements and so forth. With all due respect to other cities, you do it with the Giants. Even if you don't win a Super Bowl, you get a lot of that stuff. It doesn't necessarily happen if you're in a lot of other NFL places. Well, it's a double-edged sword, though, because you're also in a market that the heat gets turned up very quickly. And obviously, Brian Dable going into his third season, Joe Shane as well. What is the reception from the fans? What is any sort of heat on Brian Dable going into 2024? The fans are in a show-me state right now, Sal, to be honest with you, because all the goodwill that was built up during the 2022 uh, playoff run, and they go to Minnesota and they win the wild card game, right? They go to the second round and then Philadelphia wax them. Okay, we all knew Philadelphia was a much better team. So no one's holding that Philadelphia loss against the Giants folks at all. Everybody knows what that was. It was found money. I mean, it was just the thrill of getting there and then winning a game in Minnesota was enough to make everybody ecstatic. Well, what does that do? It raises expectations. Well, when you raise expectations and then don't meet them, now you have that big, loud thud. Well, that's what's happened with the fans right now. They don't want to hear the reasons why the Giants had to take a step back. All they see is that the Giants didn't do what they were hoping for last August. So they're getting really, really restless. And they're in a show-me state. 
Joe Shane and Brian Dable have tried to explain to everybody that progress is not linear. There will be steps back as you try to climb the mountain. Whether or not the fans want to hear that is another story. Nobody has patience. You understand that, Sal. So I think it's important that the Giants are, are at least a middle-of-the-pack team this year to try to at least soothe some of what the fans are feeling right now because there's a lot of anxiety. It reminds me of the Buddy Nick's quote who said, nobody wants to hear about the labor pains, just show me the baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, I'm glad you and I don't have to deal with that. No, no, that's no doubt about it. All right, uh, before I let you go here, just your 30,000-foot view of what you see in the NFL right now, the NFC East actually with the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Commanders, you know, and, and where that all stands with them, some of the moves they have to make on how the Giants are going to compete there. Well, I, I think the first thing's first. Let, let's start with Dallas, okay, because I think they're in the best position of the four teams in the division. Uh, I, I'm very anxious to see how they're going to manage their money. They've got some very high-paid players, and the cap will come into play, even though it expanded a lot more than people thought it would. They've got to deal with that. Prescott's going to have to get a redo. There's no question. What are they going to do with Tony Pollard, who was on a tag? That's a really big question. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned if I'm Dallas. I'm a little concerned about the rush defense coming back again this year, to be frank with you. Uh, I don't like their linebackers, quite honestly. I just don't. Um, Philadelphia? I think Philadelphia showed in the second half of the season they were a confused football team. I think the change in coordinators last year was very critical and hurt them. They've already made other changes now going into this season, which who knows how that's going to work out. I think that's a team that's aging quickly. I think we saw a lot of injuries and a lot of uh, decrease in speed on that team, especially on defense. And so I'm not so sure that Philadelphia has that big window that everybody else thinks. Uh, they may very easily take a step back. And Jalen Hurts was not the same quarterback the second half of last season that he had been the previous year and a half. He wasn't. So he's ta I think they're taking a step back. Giants, we have unknowns. We're, we're, we just don't know exactly where the Giants are right now. They could be good. This could be a cusp season for them where they could take a step forward or they could take a step back. At Washington, who knows what Washington is? New ownership cleaned out the whole coaching staff. They got to figure out what are they going to do with quarterback. I don't think that Howell's the answer. I think he's okay. I think he's okay. Maybe the number two pick. Probably take May. Okay. Daniels are going to have a guy, but so that, who so, knows? So what happens, Sal? So what happens in today's game, right? You take a quarterback that high in the first round. The fans will riot if you don't force him on the field as a rookie which more often than not is poison. So whether or not Washington's good in another year or two, I don't know how good they're going to be the first year of the new regime. So what I'm telling you is I think this division can be very much in flux, and that's good if you're the Giants because maybe you can make some moves. With, with, with Shane and Dable being in Buffalo, I, I made the prediction the Giants will sign a couple of Bills free agents. That's the way it works, right? They know guys. That's what I think will happen. Want to send us? Well, that's what I want to ask you. Like <laughs> A guy like Gabe Davis, would he fit in to New York? I would think they'd have an affinity for him and Brian Dable and what he was able to do in Dable's offense. You have him, A.J. Epinesa, who was there in the second round, an edge rusher who is an ascending player, hasn't really produced at a super high level. But guys like that, would they fit in? Well, I would say Gabe Davis, no. Because there are so many dynamic wide receivers in this draft, and they are various sizes. You got the big guys, and you got the little guys. Right. You got the speed guys, and you got the quicks guys. With that variety on the supermarket shelf, 
I don't think the Giants are going to go free agent at wide receiver. I think if they want a receiver, it's it, and they could, certainly could use one, they're going to take one in the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't see that being a free agent signee. Epinesa is interesting. I liked him coming out of school, okay. but he's been an underachiever in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to spend free agent money on a defensive lineman. I think they're more likely to spend their one big free agent ticket on an offensive lineman preferably a guard. That's what the Bills I don't think. have. The Bills don't have any of those other than David Edwards, who's a backup guy. But I don't. So I think you're, we're good yeah, there. I don't think you need to worry. Okay. I think it's okay. All right, that is Paul Dotino. Interesting about Gabe Davis, right? I mean, no, you know, probably not some interest coming from the Giants on Gabe Davis. I thought maybe the Giants would, but not his take on it, the way he sees that roster construction. We'll be back after this time out in the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio live from the convention center floor in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Zach Jones back in Amherst. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.